Marshmallow Brain. So, you dolts managed to get through the time warp. Of course, we're the Sailor Scouts. And when our friends are in trouble, we're there for them. In the name of the moon, I fight for love and for justice, too. You may be a genie, but you'll be the one wishing now. Moon Podcast Escalation! My name is Jordan D. White. My name is Chris Sims, and this is Sailor Business. It's the podcast where we sit down with a friend each and every week and watch an episode of the classic 1992 Sailor Moon anime and talk about why it is that we love it so much. Or, <laughs> or there is always the possibility that we talk about why it is that we tolerate it because there are other episodes that we genuinely love. I think I think this one might fall into that category today, well, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, this is a two in a row. Not so great. But you know what? The the plot is advanced. Uh, we are going to be watching Sailor Moon R episode 82, Journey to the Future, Battle in the Space-Time Corridor. And when they say corridor, they mean literal hallway. They do not mean like, <laughs> like pathway or like it is a literal, there's a door at one end. <laughs> yep. That is exactly what we're, we're dealing with today. And uh, to help us do that, we uh, have a, a great guest on this week's show. Vanessa Leslie is back joining us. Uh, she was our guest last week. Vanessa, how are you today? I'm doing great. Uh, you know, it's been so long since we've talked last. Yeah, so much <laughs> has changed. It has. So much has changed. I have, I have another mug of coffee. I've, I've learned so much about the world around me. And Harry Potter. Should we talk about what shirts we're wearing this week? Uh, still wearing a shirt with Firestorm <laughs> on it, uh, as created by Jerry Conway and Al Milgram. Somehow my laundry made it that I pulled on that Sailor Pluto shirt again. Oh, that's a weird coincidence. Jordan, still, uh, still Luna shirting? No, no, Star Wars shirt now. Oh, did you, did, okay, did you really <laughs> no. change shirts? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I honestly thought, I honestly thought about going into the, to the bedroom and putting on my, I think my only Sailor Moon shirt, which is For my... Now. My Sailor Business T-shirt club shirt. You you only have one? Yeah, I think I I think I only have one Sailor Moon shirt. I, I, I see. I have a few, but I don't have my my uh, T T-shirt club shirt yet. I'm well, I I am getting. I got one from the test printing, so I got a, right. a super rare. Uh, if you're interested in purchasing it, purchasing it, it is one thousand dollars. <laughs> Please get in touch. Sailor Business Podcast at gmail dot com. Great. Signed or. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. All of that money will go directly to me, not to Jordan or Jake. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I'm kidding. Like, I did think about putting it on, though. But uh, yeah, Vanessa, we talked about your history with Sailor Moon on last week's episode. So if anybody wants to hear that, it's a really cool, really interesting story. We talked about your podcast uh, where you compare uh, original books to their film adaptations, which is a super interesting idea. But yeah, are, are there any, do you have any new Sailor Moon developments? Well, something I, I did remember is uh, what kind of got me back into Sailor Moon a couple years ago is I went to the Denver anime convention, uh, Nandiscon or Nandiscoon, and they had a 20 an- 20th anniversary panel and everyone 
there was obsessed with Venus. They loved Venus. And just based on how much you two are like, she has no personality, it makes me wonder what it is that we're missing. Yeah, that's really... I mean, look, I as we've said before, Venus has a lot more personality in the manga, uh, especially in Codename Sailor Bay. But uh, yeah, 80 episodes into the anime, she is she is nothing. <laughs> She's got nothing. And and maybe it's based more on because she does develop more in the later seasons. Yeah, that is something that we've been told by listeners. And that's something that I'm genuinely looking forward to, because as I've said before on the show, I remember liking Minako a lot and going through episode by episode. It's a, a case of I don't know if that's just me really liking Codename Sailor V, which is a very fun superhero story. Yeah. Or if it's or, or if I'm I misremembered stuff or if I didn't remember stuff. But honestly, uh, as we said before in the show, I never really watched past R. So my experience with Venus, we're kind of getting to all of it. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what she does in, in S and, and Supers, but I, we are kind of getting past the point or, or, or up close to the point where I would have not seen anything past it. So I'm really curious about it. Well, I, I will say you're going to be kind of sad because they definitely make it that uh, Jupiter and Venus are really good friends in the later seasons. Look, that's that's fine. Yeah, but they can be friends. I don't mind that. Less shipping on your end, though. There aren't as many moments with Mercury. Oh, maybe they're a couple. Maybe maybe they switch. Maybe they change it up. Uh, no, <laughs> no. As we all know, Mercury and Jupiter are the miracle romance alluded to in the theme song of the show. <laughs> I don't know. I have a question about about your uh, your other podcast. Have you have you come across anything in the podcast so far that you believe that you think is better in the adaptation than in the original? Not yet. There have been ones where they they've been really good. Well, actually, in some ways, I would say the the episode we're doing on flowers in the attic because they they remove all the questionable stuff, so it's not as okay. gross. But the book wasn't mm-hmm. bad if you ignore that part of it. And and like <laughs> some books, because I've heard there are certain books that are worse than the movies, like Forrest Gump and various ones. So so one of these times we'll sure. have to pick up one that we know or we're pretty sure that the movie's going to be better. We've recently, my wife and I have, uh, Devin and I have recently watched uh, the first season of the show, The Magicians. And my wife read the book of The Magicians and hated it. And we watched the show and she loves it. And so she was totally freaked out by the idea because she's, I mean, obviously she's a big Harry Potter fan and she's totally used to the idea of, well, you read the book and the book is amazing. And then you watch the adaptation and it's not as good, but you can like still like it. And she's like, no, this one, the adaptation is better. Everything they've changed is better. Everything they got rid of sucked. Like, it's it's kind of cra- you, you crazy. You know what? Actually, I did think of one that is just very different, but I would say it's better, is Starship Troopers. We did. Oh, okay. And mm. and part of the reason is the the script was written, and then they're like, you know what? This is very similar to this book. Let's just get the rights for the book, and they kind of change the character names and tweak things a little bit, but they're very different. What? I did not know that. Your Starship Troopers was not originally based on Starship Troopers? No. What? Yeah, they, they did it and they... I didn't know that that's either. That's why if you read the book and you watch the movie, they are so very different. Well, I figured, I mean, because the, the movie is very Paul Verhoeven. Yes. But I didn't realize that it was it was pre-Verhoeven. <laughs> like, I yeah. didn't know that well, it... Well, he it, obviously put his take on it because I'm sure every script he gets, he's like, okay, how many short little 
commercials and videos can we throw into this thing? <laughs> yeah, St- Starship Troopers is a movie that has aged extremely well. Oh, I, th- I love that movie. It is campy like in the best possible way. I think now is the part of the show where we uh, are going to take some questions from listeners. Right, Jordan? Do you want to do, oh, do, you yes. do tweets or emails first? Because I have an email. Let's do emails first. All right. You are going to enjoy this email. Oh. I'm not going to read the name out first because it comes in the body of the email. But this person writes to us with, hey, Chris and Jordan and Jake and guest. So uh, you, you got a hello, Vanessa. But uh, sadly, she did not know your name at the time <laughs> of the writing. My name is Serena. I'm 26 years old. I'm a cancer. My blood type is an O, but my mom's is. My birthstone is a pearl, Alexandrite and Moonstone. June has a lot of birthstones. And I am writing, which I've been meaning to write in for a year now, to say thanks for celebrating my birthday. I'm looking forward to this year's celebration. Uh, Hope that only took five seconds, so now I can explain. I fell in love with Sailor Moon as a kid because we shared the same birthday and name, in the Deke version at least, which is kind of insane. As a kid, I was convinced that they specifically made Sailor Moon either for me or because of me. With this in mind, if I have slash acquire a child born on my birthday, preferably one who falls out of the sky and has pink hair but isn't annoying or (laughs) gun-toting, am I obligated to name him slash her slash they Rini? Or Chibiusa? Or Serena Jr.? Or maybe you have some better suggestion. Also, if I meet a Darian who is three to three hundred years older than me, is he my destined moon lover? Your guidance in this serious matter is much appreciated. Thanks for the show and keep it up. Uh, first of all, uh, yes, on all counts, yeah. How great is it that we have a listener who is a Serena whose birthday is June thirtieth? That's amazing. It's yeah, wonderful. It's, it is fantastic. I'm so glad that she wrote it. <laughs> me too. But yes, you absolutely have to name your child that's born on the same day as you. Serena, not Rini, because that's again, that's a nickname. So you have to call her Serena and then shorten it to Rini. Why not rabbit or bunny? Well, that would be mixing translations. What about what, what about Chibi Rini? What about that? <laughs> mess it all up. Well, that's got to be the grandchild. Okay, so it's so it's Serena, Rini, and Chibi Rini. Or Chibi Chibi. <laughs> I mean, I guess the real question is: having been named Serena, has anybody co- tried to call you Rini? And Ooh, that is a good question. Or Serener. 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 Or, alternately, uh, have you considered, refer- like, as you have grown up, since you since you are an adult now, have you considered going by Serenity? Oh, yes. Or, alternately, Neo-Queen Serenity. <laughs> That's what I would do. Well, so does that imply that, the, as a, like, Neo-Queen Serenity as opposed to Old Queen Serenity? Well, yeah, Old Queen Serenity is her mom. Yeah, the one from 2,000 years ago that no one else remembers? (laughs) Yeah, like, how much better would it be if if instead of Queen Elizabeth II, the the current monarch was Neo-Queen Elizabeth? (laughs) Okay, all right. That's in canon. That's in life canon from now on. Yeah, that's in life canon now. Neo-Queen Elizabeth, we call her from now on. But happy birthday to you, Serena. Thank you for writing in. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, speaking of birthdays, I think we are right up, uh, when this episode goes up, we are going to be just a few days before uh, Usagi's birthday and uh, our new friend Serena's birthday as well on June 30th. And we still do not know how to. we're going to celebrate it. We probably do by the time you're listening to this. But if you have suggestions on how we should celebrate Usagi's birthday this year, please write in and let us know. And we'll uh, we'll figure something out. We'll do a, a, a quick, quick extra episode just to mark the occasion. Uh, but yeah, thank you for writing in, Serena. Happy birthday. And what I would suggest you do is just walk around town 
casually throwing low graded tests over your shoulder <laughs> and see if you manage to strike any uh, any trash piles in the head or kick your shoe off or kick your shoe off. Wait, 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 wait. Is he the trash pile or is he the rubbish? I can't remember. She is the she is the rubbish. He is the trash pile, I think. <sighs> That's a tough one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know which one's which. Maybe she has found her rubbish or trash pile. We don't know. He he when she says that she has uh, that someone is in love with her, he says, I guess every piece of rubbish finds its trash pile. So she is the rubbish. I thought he said there's rubbish for every trash pile. I honestly don't remember now. Now I'm confused. I still think I still think she's the why are we having this discussion? (laughs) (laughs) Folks, go back roughly 60 episodes. (laughs) Let us know what we said then. Cool. Any other letters you want to go over? Uh, let's see. We did have one uh, that I mentioned last week from Bert Garcia uh, about uh, whether or not Chibiusa is really five years old and whether she ages uh, and is fated to grow old and die as her immortal mother watches. Very depressing. No. Uh, we got one about the Christmas dream from a few episodes ago. Remember that one? The Christmas dream? Yeah, when uh, Usagi oh, had yeah, the dream yeah, yeah, where she yeah. was having a Christmas Eve dinner. This is uh, uh, some stuff that I already knew, but it, I think it's worth going through on the show. Uh, this comes from Charles Ulrich III. Uh, he says, hey guys, Charles here with some more fun Japanese knowledge. Christmas in Japan shares a lot of visual similarities with American Christmas, but the actual practices and connotations of the holiday differ greatly. In fact, Christmas in Japan is two different holidays. Christmas Eve, the one in Usagi's dream, is considered to be a time for lovers to share a romantic evening together. Wear fancy clothes, eat fancy food, indulge in decadent desserts, and indulge in other things. This makes Japanese Christmas Eve more like our Valentine's Day than actual Japanese Valentine's Day. Japanese Valentine's Day and its March counterpart White Day are for giving chocolate to acquaintances and loved ones. That is a a thing that I actually know about because I have read manga that, that... revolves around the concept of obligation chocolate, which is that you have to give chocolate to everyone on Valentine's Day. So there's like cheap, shitty chocolate that you give to acquaintances and then like good chocolate that you get for people you actually like. Very often homemade chocolate. (laughs) Also, Japanese Christmas Eve carries a major social stigma for single women in Japan. You need to find someone to spend the holiday with. If you don't, you are sad and lonely. And then the Japanese way to describe this is to call you an unsold Christmas cake because no one wants you. Now this is a this is a thing that we've talked about before cuz the idea of a christmas cake has come up on the show and I thought it was a metaphor for women who were over 25. Like I thought the gag was that no one wants a christmas cake after the 25th. Oh. That was very specific of you. Well I I thought we had talked about it. I thought we got that explanation from someone before. That that totally works though. I don't remember but I believe it. I mean I should say I do not I do not have that belief. I don't think any of us have that belief. Uh, shout out to all my all my 26 years and over people. <laughs> you will find your love. Just wander around town with those low-graded tests. Uh, back to the email. These reasons are why Usagi's friends were so against her participation in the Christmas Eve festivities in her dream. It implies that she and Tuxedo Mask are going to bang that night, and that they, the Senshi, are now old enough to be considered unsold Christmas cakes without dates on the romantic holiday. I figured y'all would find this interesting, and I hope it was. Keep up the awesome work. Sincerely, Charles Ulrich III. Thank you, uh, Charles. Uh, oh, he, and he also adds a PS. The second Christmas holiday in Japan I mentioned is Christmas Day, much more similar to our Christmas. Gift-giving, family, friends, tree lights. But there is one major difference. The Christmas food of choice is fried chicken, more specifically yep. Kentucky fried chicken. 
Right. I know about that. KFC in Japan. I did not know this. KFC in Japan was brought over by stationed U.S. troops, and it did very well. In the 70s, KFC decided to bring Christmas to Japan, and it worked incredibly. Nowadays, all KFCs post their premium Christmas menu pre-orders in November, which can run upwards of $60 for a meal and usually sell out by early December. On Christmas Day, the line outside of KFC runs around the block, and people pick up their premium KFC. Common Rider Double has its own KFC-based Christmas episode, Chris. I have seen that one. What? And uh, Charles, uh, you can find Charles on Twitter at Tiger underscore Plutocrat. Uh, definitely uh, check him out. And thank you, Charles, for sending that. I didn't know that about KFC in Japan. That's amazing. Yeah, I did know that, but it's so strange. But yeah, yeah. I'm trying, like, what, I, I don't I don't know what makes it a premier dinner. I'm trying to look right now. It looks like, I think it's just that it, they charge more? I don't know. No, they have, like, special boxes that are Christmas-themed, it looks like. and I think for this year's Christmas episode, no matter what we do, I think we need, I think we all need to get KFC. <laughs> On Christmas. I love KFC. What's that? I love KFC. I'm in. <laughs> See, I I have not like I don't go to KFC often because I live in the South where we have Bojangles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. You are in the South. Why would you go to KFC? Oh, Bojangles is so spicy. Oh, it's good. So I, good. I had it for the first time this last year in Tennessee. It was really good, oh. but a lot spicier than KFC. KFC is. Yeah, I probably couldn't handle it then. Um, by the way, check out the uh, the chat. I just sent you a link to the KFC 2012 uh, Japan oh Christmas menu. <laughs> Why the 2012 Christmas menu? Because that's the one that uh, it was the best looking one I could find with like the most uh, the widest variety of stuff. But I like look the fancy at it, it's crazy. chicken yeah. being sliced. Mm-hmm. I like the the Colonel Sanders in the wreath in on the on the bucket. But like that. But like yeah. Like there's like a. One series that's like, oh, this is really classy stuff. But you are apparently still buying it from KFC. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's like a chicken cordon blue. Oh, yeah. In here. <laughs> it, it, but it looks like it has like chicken pot pie inside a chicken. What is this? I, I, I don't know. And then there's some sort of cake that you get. Uh, I can't tell what kind of cake that is. It's a Christmas cake. No, no one wants it after the 25th. <laughs> okay, there we go. There we go. I am super uh, craving Kentucky Fried Chicken right I'm, now. I'm not really <laughs> yeah, seeing right, the, right? the usual sides, like mashed potatoes and no corn. I, I don't think I don't think Japan does that sort of thing very much. I think it's so weird that there are like that there are McDonald's and Burger Kings and KFCs in Manhattan, right? Because I don't understand why anyone would go to Manhattan where there are so many. Amazing restaurants. I can this. <laughs> yeah, but like, but why would you ever go to McDonald's if you live I in go Manhattan? To Mc, first of all, I go to McDonald's plenty, like a lot, <laughs> because I'm a dumbass. But also, <laughs> <laughs> listen, I go almost every time. Almost every episode of Sailor Business is recorded right after I have had McDonald's for breakfast. Today is an anomaly. Yeah. But the reason that I go there that we will go to fast food restaurants in the city is because it's still really easy. The, the food is still really reliable and it's exactly what you expect it to be, which is if you're craving it, it's what you want. And also yeah, there's like all those places with quote unquote real food and they take like 20 million years and they're probably more expensive. Yeah, but there's like other fast food restaurants and there's other pla- like there's well, so depends many what you mean by that. Yeah, there's so many places to go. We, we go to fast food. We, we used to have fast food Friday every Friday. And the places we, that we have to choose from near our office, we used to have a Wendy's. And we would go there a lot, but that's gone now. Uh, there's, a, there's a Steak and Shake Express. 
So they only have like two different burger choices or maybe three and then like hot dogs and and fries and shakes and that's it. There's a Five Guys. There's a McDonald's. They just put in a Chick-fil-A. And then beyond that, that was pretty much it for like fast food, unless you want to include like Subway. Yeah, but like, I mean, I guess I guess. I would never. Unless you mean like Shake Shack, in which case we're waiting in line for an hour. Yeah, but like I would never go to a McDonald's if I had to walk past a taco truck, which I feel oh. like I would have to do in Manhattan. Well, but then you'd go to a, then you go to a lot of taco trucks. That's fine. Point point being, if I ever go to a foreign country, like the first thing I do is go to fast food. Like the to like, see how like, I gotta see how this KFC is different. <laughs> is it different? They they have regional stuff for a lot of restaurants. Just like a couple, like I know, I think they have lobster rolls in like Maine or something at McDonald's. What? Where they they do what? tweak things, yeah. And there's like one McDonald's in the U.S. that still does pizza. Only one. It's like randomly like Montana or something. Oh my god, I used to love McDonald's pizza in the nineties. Um, yeah, I just googled McDonald's lobster roll. There it is. So sometimes it does wow. pay to. Try it in different places. Like Manhattan, I doubt would be different from your standard McDonald's. There's nothing special. Nothing special in McDonald's and in, in McDonald's in Manhattan. But I'm good. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm probably going to London next month. Maybe I'll try a London McDonald's. <laughs> oh, I would just get fish and chips every freaking meal. I, I think I would get sick of it for every meal. The the place where I was born, like up in Southwest Ohio, was a big test market place because Procter and Gamble is is headquartered in Cincinnati. Whoa! Hey, there was. Oh, that was that was my phone. I I forgot to <laughs> silence that it was again. Was my Sailor Moon noise? <laughs> but yeah, like I I find like test markets. I, I wish I lived in one so you could get all the weird fast food that they were like not quite sure if they were going to take national or not. Yeah, that would anyway, be cool. The, the big aside about uh, KFC Christmas in Japan, which I do fast definitely want to experience. Oh, we could definitely do fast food business. Why do we know so much about fast food? That's kind of sad. Because <laughs> we're American. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, was that what inspired that? Why? Oh, that was from a letter. Thank yeah, you for the letter. Right. Right. Thank you, Charles. Please, like, again, one of these days we're going to get a Patreon and we have 18 spinoff podcasts we're going to do, including Fast Food Business, which is not a podcast about the business of fast food. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. How many longshoremen and, like, boat owners have found this this podcast by mistake and been very upset with us? I I think the minute they see the picture, they're they're confident it's not for them. (laughs) Probably so. (laughs) All right. Uh, well, we do have some tw- some tweets we can answer questions about. Nope, I said that wrong, but I think you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> People you have did twittered. Not. That was not grammatically correct, bro. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, this first one I don't understand, and so maybe it'll be one of those ones that you can explain to me, and then we can answer it. Lucid Pants asks, if the Sailor Scouts had stands, what would each of their stands look like? Be called, and finally, what are their powers? Their stands. Yes. Do you think stands was autocorrected from something? I mean, it was in there twice. Oh. So I thought maybe it would be something that you knew and I didn't know. No, I have no idea what this question is in reference to. Please clarify and resubmit. I mean, it must be a reference to something that we don't get. Okay, Uh, cool question. (laughs) Oh, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, okay. I just Googled stand, stands, and have you ever heard of a thing called JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? Ah, okay. Oh. I have not watched it yet. It's it's been recommended to me, and also not recommend like like I have been recommended against it. 
but I had a, a really great uh, conversation about it with Elizabeth Simmons when I was out in Portland a couple months ago, and she was she she really sold me on it as something I need to watch. According, yeah, according to the uh, the thing I'm looking at, uh, the stand is a supernatural power unique to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Generally, stands defend and empower their users in a variety of ways, and when revealed, may be represented by figures hovering near them. Okay, so I am ill-equipped to answer this question, but one day. Yeah, unfortunately, we can't do that one. Sorry. Let's see what else we got. Obviously, uh, says Inferno Steve, obviously you guys know what would be on the back of a set of Sailor Moon Fleer trading cards, right? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. <laughs> Now, uh, Vanessa, were you ever into going to the flea market and buying X-Men trading cards because you couldn't find the comics when you were a kid like I was? Uh, sadly, no. Oh, you really missed out on that on that crucial experience. I think the question is, like, what would be... Okay, each, each card had on the back, like, a chart that would show you their power. And it was always, yeah. like, strength, speed, agility, energy projection, intelligence. And then they would have, like like little ratings. It's such a part of those trading cards that we honestly considered putting them in X-Men 92 when we did the character introduction captions. And I kind of wish we would have, but it would have been way more work. <laughs> it would have been a lot of work. Yeah. I'm kind of glad we didn't. <laughs> the, the question I think is what would be like the five categories on each person's trading card? So it would be like one of them would have to be like intelligence. Cause you want to have sure. Ami maxed out, right? Strength, strength for Jupiter. I mean, if you want to do agility for Venus, a uh, cup size because that helps determine who should play Snow White in the play. <laughs> you know, I, that's that's not a joke we could have made. So, so thank you, Vanessa, for being here. I think friendship would have to be on there, but it shouldn't be friendship. It should be like friendliness. Yeah, I, I, I mean, okay. <laughs> like friendship is not. It doesn't fit. Like intel. My qualities are intelligence. Strength and friendship. I would not say those are your qualities, Jordan. <laughs> so I so I guess we're settled on on strength, agility, intelligence, friendliness, and cup size. <laughs> that's a, that's actually like a very realistic uh, depiction of what I think you could probably find on the back of a lot of anime-inspired action figures. To be honest with you. Does it have to cover every character? Like, do we need, like, perviness for Melvin and, like... No, that's just, just general rankings. Just general okay. rankings. His cup size is very low, by the way. <laughs> I believe so. N-A. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Those would be good things. Hey, Running Nerdy wants to know, what daily vocal exercises does Esmeralda do in order to achieve her signature laugh? I think it's got to be just like a oh-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho, right? Like, it's got to be one of those... <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. Running Nerdy also asks, how exactly does Tuxedo Mask get his supply of roses? Is he secretly a florist or a thief? Uh, well, he, he has rose bushes in his apartment, which is weird. Super weird. But that's that's canonical. That is that is continuity for Sailor Moon. We've you seen them. It would work, though, because he only throws one at a time. It's not like he is doing like rose bomb where it's like 20 roses attacking no well first of all sometimes he does and even if he only threw one at a time that's minimum of like 40 a year <laughs> <laughs> and it's year round too he throws them in the yeah. dead of winter yeah so i don't know i mean he is rich 
I, I think the roses are part of his magic. I don't know why, but I think the roses come from the same place that the the cutie moon rod comes from. You don't you don't. So then the the fact that he has a rose bush is just coincidence. Oh, I mean, I think he just has a rose bush because he's a weirdo, and he's like, <laughs> you know, he's like, okay, uh, how do I let anyone who comes in this apartment know that I'm tuxedo mask? Well, uh, there's my rose bush over there. There's my tuxedo <laughs> hanging up in the closet, and here's my tuxedo mask puppet that I use to speak <laughs> to children. Yep. All right, let's yep, let's, let's do good. let's do one more one more uh, Twitter question. The next question is from Jake Mason, our oh, producer. Okay, he could he just says, ask us. <laughs> Well, I mean, he he did. He says, I have a question for Chris. Is Kenny Omega secretly the fifth king of heaven? He is exactly who I would cast as Kunzite in a live action movie. I'll tell you that. I do not know who we're talking about. <laughs> okay. Kenny Omega is a professional wrestler. Uh, he's, I'll Google he's very popular in Japan. He's currently wrestling for New Japan, but he's from, uh, I think, Winnipeg. Well, Kenny Omega is, he, he has kind of an anime gimmick. And he is basically an alive anime. He is like, he looks, he, this is what he looked like. I'm sending you a picture. And I once said that every picture of Kenny Omega was the best picture of Kenny Omega. He does kind of look like an, an anime character. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's also one of like the, the best and most entertaining wrestlers in the world, I think. But yeah, I think he would fit right in with the, uh, the four kings. Is he wearing a wig? No, he, but he, he like has sprayed the gray into his hair. So when he, when he turned evil, he, he dyed his hair black and then sprayed gray into it (laughs) and started referring to himself as the cleaner. All right. This is the most anime possible picture of Kenny Omega. And that is a, that is a photograph for the little sparkles on his aviators. Uh, here, Chris, I have uh, one more okay, question. Okay, one, one more? Just one more? Okay. Uh, unless you want more than that, but I think we, we can do one more. Uh, Luke asks us, how do you think Usagi would fare as a cast member of the show Bunheads? Uh, I never watched Bunheads, but I, I it, again, has been recommended to me. Yeah, I've heard it's good. I've heard it's good. Oh, and it, it's it, it's about someone whose last name is Sims. So there you go. Oh, okay. That's my last name. I'm reading the summary. Bunheads tells the fish-out-of-water story of Michelle Sims, a once-promising classically trained professional dancer who was drawn to the lights of Las Vegas, where she became a showgirl. After she impulsively marries her persistent suitor, she moves to his sleepy California coastal town. Wow, we're already two, three states into the story. <laughs> After... She she marries she moves to a sleepy California coastal town where he lives with his mother Fanny herself a former dancer Fanny now runs the local dance studio Michelle ends up bonding with some of Fanny's students after meeting them among the students are Sweet Boo who struggles with her body type rebellious Sasha who has the talent to be a ballet dancer but doesn't have her heart in it because of family issues shapely Ginny who's not comfortable in her own skin and fun loving Melanie ready to ready for whatever life throws at her the students benefit from Michelle's knowledge but she also benefits from them as they help her adapt to small town life. So it sounds like Yusagi would fit right in because first of all, she's the friendliest person in the world and she would become immediately best friends with all these people. Then she would become the clumsy one who falls over every time she dances, right? I mean, uh, I guess. Which you do get an episode of that in Super Ass. There you go. I, I feel like attempting to cast Sailor Moon in a TV show that I haven't seen and I've only heard a three-sentence description of is very difficult. I thought it was easy. Done. 
<laughs> All right, so now that we're forty minutes into the episode, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Let's do the show. Yeah, let's 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 do the let's let's talk about Sailor Moon. Now, as I previously said, this is Sailor Moon R episode eighty two, Journey to the Future, Battle in the Space Time Corridor. Not a metaphor. Uh, I don't think I've mentioned it in a while, but if you if you're new to the show and you're new to Sailor Moon and you want to catch up on it, uh, you can watch all of these episodes on Hulu if you have what used to be Hulu Plus. Very very worth it. Yes. Uh, so, Agreed. what is the? Did, did you want me to guess the Deke title of this episode? Of course, I do. Every episode uh, until we get to the end of the season, because that's that's as far as they go. Okay. Um. I, okay. I know it's not the title, but this episode should be called "Back to the Future." No. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely. Sure. Especially that should be the title. We just called one Child's Play. You'd think, but no, no. no. Uh. So I'm gonna guess it's like Pluto makes the scene. No, 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 no. Okay. In fact, didn't they already have a Pluto episode, didn't I, they? I mean, we had the we had the reveal of Pluto, but I don't think her... The Secret of the Lunosphere. Secret of the Lunosphere, which yeah. is not what it's called. <laughs> uh, let's see. Should I give you a hint? Give me, give me a hint. I'll see. My hint is 2000 AD. Uh, okay, so this is called Judge Dread. No, <laughs> this is is this is this Sailor Moon episode eighty two, <laughs> the Gift of Thrill Power. <laughs> No, it's called Future Shock. Oh, that is a good. That was a good hint, though. That was a good hint. Future go. Shock. It honestly, should have been called Back to the Future. Again, votes are not in yet on whether I need to continue with the bit. But we're 40 minutes into the episode, so I'm just going to skip it. If you want to know who Sailor Moon is, uh, go back earlier in this episode and listen to Serena's email. It'll get you right up. So this episode starts with an intense action sequence. With the weirdest running ever. (laughs) With all five Sailor Scouts running and then running in slow motion. And then they all die. The end. Wow. Weird way for the show to end. (laughs) Yeah. The Scouts They they all blow up and... They're a little off model in this scene, too. Like they look like the colors are definitely the colors are, are are faded out, but they also body wise look like they've been squished from the sides. Like they're very elongated. Which to say that about Sailor Moon characters, which are yeah. all leg and arm anyway, like they're very they're very kind of elongated in a weird way in this sequence. Guess what? Psych. It was a dream. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really dumb opening. To a dumb episode. <laughs> uh, we we ended last episode. Like, there's very rarely continuity in these shows. There's very rarely things like that carry on from one episode to the next that are, that make it like a, a, an ongoing story. Despite and the they song literally ended, that advises us to carry yes. on. <laughs> but they literally ended last episode going, "What we got to do next is go to the future." That's what we're going to do. Let's do that. Let's go to the future. So then you start this episode and they're like, oh, my God, we're in the future. and We're going to die. Ah, we die. And then it goes, no, that was a dream that Chibi Moon had. And it's like, what? Why did she go to bed? What? And well, you, like, the episode then she, goes on to ask I that. mean, OK, OK, a couple things. Yesterday's episode or last week's episode was over at like 1030 a.m. at the latest. Right. <laughs> Like, it is, <laughs> it's probably about nine when they finish dealing with that school. Uh, Chibi obviously doesn't have to go to school that day because they're going to be tearing that building down and rebuilding it. So Well, they go to the hospital. Who knows how long they're at the hospital? Yeah, I guess, I guess they do go to the hospital. But still, I feel like they could have gone directly from the end of the last episode into, well, 
here here we go into the future. But uh, and that's what they're counting on you thinking. To be fair, you you don't want to you don't want to go to the future all sleepy. You do want to get a good night's sleep before it's time to travel through the space time corridor. Full meal. Dumb, <laughs> dumb, dumb. So then, title of the episode, and then we cut to Chibi standing around at a park, just thinking about. Oh man, I said we were going to go to the future. Yeah, she has to re-talk herself into a decision she's already made, which is annoying. Very annoying. And then uh, Darian shows up and he's like, I thought we were going to the future. (laughs) Like, what's going on? And that's when I was like, yeah, really? Well, and he's like, he's like, you can't run away from your problems unless, you know, you get flashes from your future self that you should break up with your girlfriend, (laughs) then run as far and fast as you can. Yeah, listen, you can't run away from your problems, like specifically running a thousand years into the past. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a thing we can do. Oh, and when, when my boyfriend yeah, saw him in this outfit, he's like, whoa, who's late for a Zoot Suit riot? <laughs> did you did you have to explain like, no, 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 that's his default yeah, I did. clothing. I was just like, no, that's his uh, everyday sexy outfit. Can't you tell that everyone loves him in it? Where do you where do you see his uh, workout clothes with oh my his super inexplicable incense shirt and rolled up sleeves? Oh, and oh, and, wow. and a towel tucked in. Oh, it's great! It's so great. Memoru assures Chibiusa that he will keep her safe in the future. A promise he should not be making, <laughs> but I guess he kind of has to. Uh, and then we cut to probably my favorite scene in the episode. Which what? No, this is great because all the senshi are in full costume, transformed superheroes, just kind of sitting on a dock at the lake, <laughs> like in the middle yeah. of the park, just kind of waiting. Like, well, this is where we said we would meet. <laughs> it's like it's literally like this, like this universe's version of if the Justice League was just like milling around in a park. Oh yeah. It's yes. hilarious. But but it's just another dumbass scene that is totally unnecessary. This scene so then the scene starts and Yusagi goes, Oh man, I wonder where Chibi is. And they go, She lives with you. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't she have come with you? Yeah. And then Yusagi goes, She said she had something to take care of. And nobody goes, nobody goes, <laughs> She's five. What errand did she have to run? <laughs> Yeah, listen. And then uh, they start. I'll meet you. I'll meet you at the uh, at the dock. I gotta run by the bank, <laughs> get a, get a little cash for the future. <laughs> and then they start freaking out, going like, "Oh, oh no, it's it's taking too long. What what if something happened? What if something happened? I'll, oh, hey, we gotta go look." And then they're like, "Then then Tuxedo Master shows up and goes, no, I've got her.' Just so again, we're like two scenes into this episode, and it's like they're all pointless. These are all dumb scenes that we don't like, need. Yeah, there's a lot of padding out in this episode. They seriously should have just had shown them all transforming to kill some time in this. <laughs> yeah, that would have that would have eaten up the same amount of time and had about the same amount of content. Yep. Because again, you're just getting us that all the time so far in this episode has just gotten us to where we ended last episode. With them going, okay, let's go to the future. Yeah. And honestly, if this show, if Sailor Business is criticizing you for wasting a lot of time, <laughs> <laughs> we just spent like 10 minutes with me sending you guys pictures of Kenny Omega, which our listeners cannot see. It's true. So then Tuxedo Mask shows up, and in as good as the animation was in, in the last episode, there are corners shaved off in this one. 
uh, because Tuxedo Mask makes a dramatic reveal with his cape, and Chibiusa just kind of fades in <laughs> to existence from beneath his cape. Yeah, no, that's true. She she cannot possibly physically be there, and then she just yeah they fade they literally fade her in yeah it's ridiculous it's, it's not not my fave and then finally finally they're like okay now let's go to the future cats too oh the cats too and the cats uh, everybody has to join hands because you know it's Sailor Moon you get things done by joining hands but the cats just like climb onto Mamoru don't don't, don't even have their <laughs> like, claws dug in they're just draped. Yeah, the, the way that, that Jordan wishes his life was, that he could just yep. drape himself yep. in very calm cats. <laughs> it would be pretty amazing. So, okay, she starts using the key. And again, this is... <sighs> everything about this episode is pissing me off. <laughs> because here's another dumb thing. Hey, I know that I understand that we've never seen her successfully use her key before, mm-hmm. but we've seen her attempt to use her key before, and I'll tell you what she didn't do any of those other goddamn times. Call out to Kronos by name <laughs> and ask her to tear ask him to tear open the heavens. Right. Uh, Maybe she's just putting on a show for them. <laughs> she she does invoke That's, the I names of the Titans of old. That is a fact. <laughs> I do like that idea that she's like, all I got to do is hold this up. But let me put on a little shell. <laughs> let me give the girls a little something. Kronos! Um, it also says so- <laughs> making things float. Uh, like it it pulls up all the scouts hair, which is actually a pretty, a pretty fun shot. Uh, but then it lifts a bunch of ice up from under the surface of the lake. You know, like how ice sinks. <laughs> It doesn't make sense. Now, but even that, so it does start lifting everything up, which is good because you know why? That's what happened the last two times she tried to use it. But if you remember those previous times, very specifically, what happened was a gate to the future opened above her and she had to float up to get to it. Mm-hmm. That is not what happens no, here. It's not what they happens. just fade from existence. They just go poof, gone. I think it's because they're on a dock. And so the, the gate oh, is, is appearing relative to the ground under the water. And so as long as they're sitting on a dock, they'll they'll just be right where they need to be. Actually, that's kind of that that is even funnier because what should happen is the water, the entire lake should start like leaking up to the to the portal and like flood the future. Yeah, it'd be great. flood the future. That should be the tagline Aww. of this episode. <laughs> Hack the planet. Flood that's a the hashtag. Future. Hashtag flood the future, everybody. <laughs> For some reason, for some reason, Sailor Moon is is isolated. Like she does not land with the others in the space time corridor, which is just a foggy, featureless expanse. And then someone appears out of the smoke and says, "Hey, uh, you're not supposed to be here where the doors of space time are. So I'm gonna kill you." (laughs) It's a very harsh introduction. Now. Let's see. What does she actually say? Because in the Deke dub, she says something to the effect of like, yeah, it's not what she says in this one. In she, the says, dub, she says something who, about. She says those who break the taboo and approach the doors of space time will be eliminated and then immediately takes a swing at Usagi's head. Right, right. In the Deke dub, she says something about not being worthy to be there. And I was like, you don't know who it is. Like, you don't know if they're worthy or not. Yeah. Also, that's if not anybody's show. worthy to be there, it's probably the immortal god queen of the future. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying. She doesn't know it's Sailor Moon. Like, in a moment, she goes, oh, Sailor Moon, I didn't realize it was you. And it's like, then why <laughs> did you try to kill her? Oh, Question, oh, hey. does Sailor she Moon? have, like, a pile of caved-in skulls 
off to the side of the time door <laughs> and she's just swinging at people willy-nilly yep. presumably yeah, yes. I mean, I, I, like you have to assume that like there there has to be okay <laughs> if this season is to make any sense you have to think that the black moon clan has tried to attack the doors of space time right like it makes sense that they would even though they have a separate sure. form of time travel apparently yeah so there's probably like a bunch of droids just missing heads <laughs> like behind the door or if not the Black Moon Clan, just people in general. Like, I mean, there definitely is... Booster Gold, know, man. Rip Hunter, Ramatut, <laughs> Biff. And she holds the, the staff up, about to kill her. Oh, dramatic close-up of Sailor Moon! And then when we cut back, she's still just kind of holding it, but like in a different angle, and is just not swinging it at her. Yeah, she's got a lot of that And so shot. I was like, yeah, I was just kind of like, the question, oh man, is Pluto going to kill her? No. Just no. Well, and then Chibi Moon jumps out and goes, "Don't kill her! Don't kill her! Don't kill her!" Well, yeah. Well, then uh, Chibi Moon comes over and I guess turns the lights on. <laughs> yeah, blows away the smoke. And and Sailor Pluto literally goes, "Oh, hey Sailor Moon! <laughs> hey, sorry, didn't uh, didn't see you there." <laughs> so let's talk about Sailor Pluto. Uh, okay, love her. Now you love her. It's it's fascinating to me to hear not, that. Not based on this episode, because obviously. I mean, yeah, because I, I guess, again, may, is, there, is there a lot more of her in the future or is it more yes. of the, the manga? Okay. Uh, that and also Crystal. She, Crystal? How things go down with Pluto here and Crystal, cause, and basically the manga, because the manga and Crystal are pretty darn close, uh, very different. Because I, I watched this episode and I wrote down why the words why I don't like Sailor Pluto. And the answer is because... She's she, like at, at, at in this, she's nothing. She she is not a person. She she's as she's le- in fact kind of less real than the villains even. Like she just is a person who stands at a doorway and they're like, "Oh, you're a sailor scout." Except like you're not because you don't have a secret identity and you don't go out and do stuff and you're not you're not even human essentially because all you do is stand here and guard this door. Well, and that's the thing, Crystal. They show the original Queen Serenity placing her there to guard it when she's like a child and being oh like, God. you're going to have to guard this door. So like, like they, they show that obviously she has been here by herself for a very long time. See, wait, I, wait, like thousands of years or like, no, I'm, I'm thinking what it is, is that because it's a time door that she's been aging normally, but essentially through it, she could go to any point in time. So yeah. I, I'm thinking, cause, cause it looks like she's maybe, mm, 10 or 11 when she gets put at the door and here i'm guessing she's supposed to be like late teens early 20s well she looks a little okay so who put her at the door was it was it queen serenity or neo queen serenity queen serenity so back so so she's from the original before they were killed and reborn right uh okay a couple questions about this (laughs) and a couple of thoughts one i actually (laughs) disagree with jordan because i think it's kind of cool that sailor pluto and we've talked about this in the last time the last time she showed up, but I think it's kind of cool that she's a different kind of sailor scout. You know, she's a different kind of senshi. It's like, oh yeah, you know, you are you five are ordinary teenage girls who battle monsters. Uh, but also there are going to be sailor scouts who guard the doors of time and space. So this is a you know, this is a thing that you need to to wrap your heads around. I think that's kind of cool. And I think as 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 blank and and kind of emotionless as she is at this point, I like the idea that she does kind of change when Chibiusa shows up. And cuz Chibiusa is like, "Oh, you know, poo." And and like runs over and gives her a hug. She's like, "Oh, hey small lady." <laughs> like after she's 
it's not done as well as it could be, but after she's, you know, this very terrifying, smoky figure about to cave in Sailor Moon's skull, then she just kind of stops and goes, oh, hey, hey, kid, what's up? <laughs> like, that, that could be a really cool transition that I don't think is quite nailed. Yeah. The other thing is, the second you give Queen Serenity access to time travel, why is this show happening? <laughs> why don't they, like, if Queen Serenity can travel through time, why does the Silver Millennium fall? If she, like, can't she just go back and fight Queen Beryl and we're done here? <laughs> and yeah. and the, the Moon Kingdom, the Moon Pudding reigns for 4,000 years? Like, why? Why did, like, why, why didn't anyone fix anything with their time travel technology? Good question. <laughs> uh, the, the third thing, though, is I really want to talk about Sailor Pluto's design. Because this is kind of, we've seen her before, but this is the, the first time we get a really good look at her. I think it's worth noting that her uh, fuku is different than the others. We've talked about how in the manga there are slight variations in all the Senshi's costumes. Uh, like how Mercury doesn't have the sleeves in the in the manga the sleeve caps uh pluto doesn't have them in here her her outfit is different and i love that she's visibly older than the other scouts and 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 taller uh because i like the idea that being a a sailor senshi is not something you grow out of you're you're just a you know you're a sailor senshi until you're the queen of the universe and, and and if you're not the queen of the universe, you're a sailor senshi forever. And I love her staff because when we get a good look at it, and again, it's something that I think they simplified a little bit for the anime, but when we get a good look at it, it's not a staff. It's a giant key with with the, the teeth of a key on the towards the bottom. And I think that's a really, really cool uh, design for a weapon. Cool. Vanessa, any uh, any Sailor Pluto design thoughts? I, I love her look. It's part of the re the only thing that sucks is that in the manga, she's darker and they lightened her up in the in Crystal. They did make her a little darker than here, but I wish it would have kept that. Like, that, you mean like skin? Color yeah, her skin color is much darker where she looks almost like Middle Eastern or something. But my boyfriend, when he heard the poo, he just went, oh, bother. <laughs> oh, she never said it. Would that. Be funny. It would be nice if there was just like a, a half-hidden bucket of honey right around the, uh, the yeah. door to space-time. And then when I pointed that out to my twin, she was like, oh, it makes sense, because they both deal with rabbits. <laughs> uh, wah, wah. So, so now I just picture Sierra Pluto stuck in a hole going into to rabbit's home. home Again, I'm not saying anybody has <laughs> to draw that. <laughs> But if anybody wants to draw Sailor Pluto stuck in a, stuck in a hole in a tree trying to get honey, uh, please, at Sailor Business, Shannon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Sailor Pluto, you know, congratulates a small lady on learning how to use the key of space-time. Uh, again, pretty, pretty expressionless, but I do kind of like that she's, you know, she makes the effort. She very awkwardly goes, you're, you're a fine young lady. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, and then she tells, uh, she turns to the queen of the universe and goes, I always got trouble with you, <laughs> which is a, a, that's, that's a, a gutsy move, I think. I'm just riveted to say, seeing Sailor Pluto. Uh, so at that point, uh, Sailor Pluto holds her key staff high in the air, spins it around. We get a, a, a cool piece of animation, but not so cool that you feel like they're ever going to reuse it. You know, it's it's not it's not Shine Aqua Illusion, something that we're going to see 20 or 30 times. So she opens the door 
and uh, tells everybody to walk through the hallway to get to the future. Once they go through the door, they get transported to the Tron universe. (laughs) (laughs) This episode reminds me, like, this episode feels like a dream a kid had, where it's like, yeah, you know, I went, like, I went to the future, but I wasn't in the future yet, and I had to be, like, I was in, like, this place that's between (laughs) here and the future, and there was a big door, and I had to walk through the door, but if I walked through the door, I would be in the future, and, like, there was a Sailor Scout there, but she wasn't, like, the regular Sailor Scout, she was, like, an older Sailor Scout. (laughs) It's very someone describing a dream, this episode. And they had to use planet power. (laughs) But in a bad way. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. Like the dream episode, for example. Yeah, which I thought was more fun than this. With the yeah. little tricycle riding. Yeah, the little tiny Sailor Moon riding a tricycle is... Well, that should be in every episode. That's animation they should have reused. <laughs> so uh, we find out that uh, Queen Serenity spoke of a Sinji who would stand alone as a, a, a watchful guardian, a silent protector, a dark knight. No, if anything, she's more like Doctor Who. Does Doctor Who do a lot of standing around? Well, no, just uh, being able to use space and time. Wibbly wobbly timey wimey. All that jazz. I don't understand. Uh, But again, I I mean, again, maybe she'll if she'll do more later and then I'll get her more. She just stands there and guards the door so far. And like they're literally traveling through time and getting into all sorts of shit. And she does not help at all. <laughs> Would you find out in the manga and Crystal where it's like there are three rules that she's supposed to follow. And like one, I don't know, basically like one of them is like you're not supposed to leave the door. There, there are a couple others. And one is like the biggest taboo that you cannot break, which is freezing time. So, cool. they, I mean, like they, they get so much more into the character. Well, it's good to know that that's never going to happen then. If that's, the, if that's the big rule that you can never break, I'm sure we're never going to see her freezing time. No. My question is, how, like, is there, are there two doors? Because <laughs> how is the Black Moon Clan getting back to the past? I don't, I don't, I don't understand anything that's happening. No, they're not using, no the Black Moon Clan doesn't use the doors at all. Not in the yeah, slightest. Like, that, the Black Moon Clan just. But how did, like, why are there multiple ways of traveling through time? There just are. Uh, but but then but then but then we do cut to the Black Moon Clan, Jordan. No, but that's because but by then, oh yes, we cut to the Black Moon Clan, but we don't see them using this method until after they've discovered that somebody else is. Yeah. Using it. So everybody's plugged in to like. Okay, Saphir shows up and he's like, "Hey, uh, we've got a space-time pathway to Nemesis, but they're not using that. They're using uh, they're, they're time warping through the ancient corridor, which is a literal hallway." <laughs> That you walk down to get to the future. It's very Silver mm-hmm. Age DC Comics. Uh, so why? Like, why? <laughs> also, also, should not villains from the future be Sailor, Mo- Sailor Pluto's problem? Just generally speaking. The, the why of it is that, unfortunately, this show is very uncreative when it comes to stuff like this. Uh, it doesn't ever really seem to want to think very hard about this sort of thing. And really even that, that also extends to the idea of the future and the past as well, because when we, when we go to those things and when we see those things and when we see traveling through time and like a, another dimension of time, it's just like a cave or a hallway or most of the time, a void with swirly colors mushing together in the outside and they just don't spend a lot of time developing anything that's not 
Tokyo. Yeah, there's... As a location. It, I, I don't know if uncreative is the right word, but I think, uh, but it's not inaccurate either. And it's exhausting. <laughs> I feel like we all sound very tired right now. <laughs> so some stuff happens with the Black Moon clan. <laughs> Nothing of consequence, really. They just go, oh, hey. So they, like you said, they... They warped into the ancient... See somebody sneaking in. In the ancient time corridor. Uh, so we should just send a monster there, because we can just go there, right? There's not, like, a door that's being guarded by someone that we would have to get through to send monsters there, right? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. Did we skip... We skipped the wind. The, the wind? No, no, because that ultimately, I think... No, actually, yeah. D- does the wind happen naturally? Does the monster create it? The wind happens first. Before... Right, right after... So the Sailor Scouts... Go through the door, and they show up in the corridor, and they're like, cool, all we gotta do is walk down this corridor, no problem. And they, like, start to walk, and then all of a sudden, like, the wind starts blowing against them incredibly hard. And they're like, oh, I don't know if we can walk like this. Which is such a thing. And we talked about this before. There are things that happen on this show that feel like what you would do on a live-action show that you suddenly ran out of money. Right. Like, okay, how are we gonna do this scene? Like, what obstacle can we put in front of them in this scene? It's like, oh, well, they could just pretend there's wind, and it's really hard to walk. <laughs> like, why? Like, that is a thing you would do in a school play. Like, oh, <laughs> look at that wind. Very difficult. And so that's what they do. And so then we cut to the uh, the Dark Moon clan, and, they're, and they, detect, they detect them. And then do they, it's, is it the part where they look yet, or is that the next part? Well, no, um, the, the Black Moon clan is standing around, and they're like, oh yeah, somebody's in the ancient time corridor that we can monitor and access without having to deal with a club-happy Sailor Guardian. And Prince Damon goes, who's that girl? She's hot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's Sailor Moon, a.k.a. Neo Queen Serenity, who you know about. And you love, well, lust after, I guess is more appropriate. Yeah. What is happening in this? I feel, I feel like I need to go to sleep. Yeah, he just is like, oh, yeah, look at her. And then uh, he so he tells them, get Rabbit. Also get Sailor Moon. Don't don't hurt either of them. Bring them both here because I want to look into her beautiful eyes myself. <laughs> yeah. And he says, uh, I'm counting on you. And I wrote down, I'm counting on you to get me laid. <laughs> So like he's like, there's a hot check. I'm counting on you. Make sure she's here. So then Saphir and Esmerod are like, like, Saphir's like, hey, uh, wise man sucks, <laughs> which I love that Saphir's role in this entire story. The only thing we have ever seen him do is just stand around talking about how everything around him is stupid. <laughs> he's like, yeah, uh, this yep. plan sucks. Wise man sucks. You suck. <laughs> Everything sucks. I hate all of you. And so he's like, yeah, wise man sucks. He is putting stupid ideas into my brother's head and turning him into an idiot. And Esmeralda's like, yeah, actually, uh, he's the one who kept talking about the the legendary silver crystal, too. Like, he's the entire reason that we're doing all this. But you know what? More importantly than that, we need to murder Sailor Moon. <laughs> because I, because Esmeralda does not want any obstacles between her and her man. Dumb. <laughs> We get back to more wind. <laughs> Which I love because there's a moment where they're zooming in to Chibusa and you see like Artemis squinting against the wind. And I think he looks so cute. And so this is the part where this is the part where uh, Chibi starts to doubt them, right? Yeah. She's like, oh, man, if they, she goes if like they have this much of a problem yeah. with wind. How are they going to save my mom? Which I also agree with. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally true. Except just a dumb like uh, this episode is. So drawn out and so pointless. 
It, it could have been done in five minutes. And like, if you're going to be like, it's hard to travel to through time and there's an adventure that happens, like make it a fun adventure. Not they brace themselves against the wind and have to walk hard until eventually a monster shows yeah. up. So why then, doesn't the monster just show up? Like, why couldn't they just be walking through the time corridor when the monster shows up? Also, how does Esmeralda get there? How do they get into the corridor of space time when there is a guardian whose specific job is to stop that from happening? <laughs> this is she just teleports in. <laughs> She teleports in, and not only does she just teleport in, but she teleports in and is completely unaffected by the wind. She's floating in mid-air of space-time, I guess. Whatever, I, Upside down, and it's just like, yeah, no problems. What's the what's up? Yeah, and brings what's a up? monster, and brings a droid. Now, let's talk about that. Ugh. A droid. In the, in the Deke Dove, it is not a droid. In the Deke Dove, she calls out, <laughs> Genie of the Time Warp! <laughs> Oh and th- thus appears. Is that a cut character from Rocky Horror Picture Show? You know, I'm just gonna <laughs> lay down. I think I'm just gonna get down here on the floor. You, you go on without me. Genie of the Time Warp. So she tells uh, the, Luax is the uh, the name of the monster in Japanese. So presumably she speaks for the trees. <laughs> she tells her, "Hey, go kill the Sailor Guardians, but don't kill Rabbit. Bring Rabbit back because we need her." Everybody else, especially Sailor Moon, definitely murder. Uh, and then when Luax leaves, she's like, oh, oh, oops, I told her to kill Sailor Moon. My bad. <laughs> they do it even kind of weirder than that, because they do it kind of like, uh, she, they, they, like they like draw it out. She's like, just save Chibi Moon. Just save Rabbit. And she's like, okay, just Rabbit. That's it. You could give me another order. Is there someone else you know? Okay. All right, I'm out. Are you telling me something in this episode <laughs> takes way too long to happen? <laughs> yep. And what what is with her design? Oh, ridiculous. Where she she looks like a flapper. She she does. Like I actually like the design, even if if she doesn't make a lot of sense. Like I like her design way more than what we got last episode. Because yeah, well, she I- has a. A, a cool little theme. I, I guess I could picture if she has, if she's the genie of the time warp, she can travel to different points of time. Right. Maybe she went to the twenties. Was like, oh, this is awesome. So, like, when my my boyfriend and I were seeing it, suddenly we were just going back and forth, saying like, oh, this is the bee's knees. This is the cat's meow, and just like start doing like old timey, <laughs> like, oh, if you're not careful, I'll send the Kaiser after you. <laughs> 23 skidoo sailor moon exactly uh, oh god i'm so exhausted and this is gonna be a terrible <laughs> episode of this show i'm sorry to everyone listening this is so exhausting it's hot in here now not necessarily not necessarily <laughs> so esmeralda just blows them away like she literally just like throws like a bomb down at their feet and it it like bumps them up in the air and they just blow into and again this is so ugh. Okay. Here's another thing I hate about this episode. The time travel. Specifically, because they keep talking about, like, you could get lost anywhere in time. But again, because of the bullshit that is the way this show treats that stuff, what they mean is, they don't mean anywhere in time, meaning any year that's ever passed in time. They mean there's a place called time and it's kind of purple <laughs> and cloudy and you could end up in any part of that purple cloudy place. Um, because they do, they all get scattered around and it's like, Oh man, they end up in different places. So like, does one of them end up in like, you know, medieval time with knights and another one with cowboys or something? No. One of them ends up in a black void with some weird lights. And the other one ends up in like a different black void with some different colored lights. No, Ch- Chibi Yusa yeah, ends I, up in a uh, 
Stephen King universe where it's like red with spindly trees. Right. Yes, that's right. Right. That's true. Like the inside of someone's body. Or it's like Dune (laughs) where the spice has just enveloped everyone. I think one of the things that we've been pretty consistent about on Sailor Business is that we don't we don't hate the show for what it does so much as what it doesn't do. Like they they give us these plots that have a lot of potential, a lot of really cool stuff that you could do, like like the dream sequences, like like seeing Chibius's memories. And then they just completely drop the ball with them. And this is an example of that. Like it's this is a time themed episode where they have the danger of being lost forever in the time stream. And it, all it is is just a, a weird pixelated background, which looks cool for a transition, but doesn't really seem like being lost in time. Like, like at least put a dinosaur in here somewhere. Oh, that would have been so like, cool. Being chased by like a pterodactyl right? or something. That would have made it better by a lot. But at least we know, at least we know that there's going to be a very satisfying ending coming up that explains how Sailor Moon and the Scouts found their way out of the labyrinth of time. Like, so just keep that in mind. Don't worry. It's all going to pay off in just a few minutes. There's going to be a great, really satisfying answer <laughs> that that is going to make it all work really well. You're going to be so satisfied. Basically, Rabbit uh, Chibiusa is isolated in this weird uh, red world of twisted trees and red smoke. Uh, and she thinks momentarily that she sees her mother, uh, but it is not her mother. It is the genie of the time warp, Luax. <laughs> Although I love, I love the transition uh, she does from looking like her mom to herself, where like her skin melts, like it, like kind of twists. I'll tell you what, I hate that. <laughs> I loved it. It's because I'm extra picky. It's a cool effect. The reason I don't like it is because. It does happen for a minute, and it's, like, the coolest thing in the world. It's like, oh, man, it's, like, warping and transforming. And then they give up and just go, uh, and then she just fades to her normal self. True, they didn't, you know like, I mean? smoothly transition from one to the other. It's like, yeah, we're going to save time. Right, right. Like, they're just like, uh, oh, yeah, she's melting for, it's gross. And then she just goes, oh, and then she turns into herself. Because, like, why was she melting? Does the normal version of her have melty? No, no, no. She was melting, and then she just goes, now I'm the genie again. It's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, like, well, it's like Chris is saying. It's, 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 it's a frustration of lost uh, potential. Yeah, she, she just turns into a e- equally beautiful woman. <laughs> but for some reason goes through a melty phase in between. Yeah, and, and it, it never pays off. Uh, now, at this point, uh, Chibi is like, oh, I guess what I should do is use the Luna P and turn it into a weapon, a slingshot. Which, uh, the thing I wrote down in my notes about this is, why does Chibiusa only sometimes remember that she has a magic robot that can turn into poison and guns? <laughs> like, right? She never, like, she always forgets. I feel like, oh, hey, I can turn the Luna P into a hypnotism umbrella, uh, into literal poison. <laughs> Like, that would be the first thing on my mind if I was in trouble. She just, like, shoots little balls of light, and right away my boyfriend went, she says, useless as Jubilee. Uh, Okay, hang on. First of all, Jubilee is not useless. It is better than Chibiusa. Oh, oh, no, I don't don't debate that point. Okay. All all I really know from Jubilee is from the uh, X-Men animated series. Well, if you would like to learn more about Jubilee, I suggest you read X-Men 92, out from Marvel Comics. There you go. 
where she is a featured character. I set up a plug for you. Thank you. At this point, uh, Luax does a weird hair attack, which is... <laughs> what is happening in this episode? Like, her, her fashionable flapper bob grows to improbable levels, right? I guess. Yeah, so weird. And then immediately goes away when someone goes... Hang on a second. So hers goes a lot longer than it should be, and should be uses is a lot shorter than it should be. Yes. Uh, so then... They need to figure that stuff out. Who, who was it that stopped uh, Luax's vicious hair attack? Who was it that intervened at the last moment? Good question. You can answer the question if you would like. That's why I'm <laughs> pausing. Uh... The Sailor Scouts. That's right. The Sailor Scouts. They have found their way out of the labyrinth of time. The the thing that we were warned, if they were ever separated, they would surely be lost forever. They have discovered a way out. Okay, well, and, I, I mean, uh, I feel like you're, 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 you're overselling it because they do give an explanation. Well, they give, they, there's two explanations. Right, there's, yes. They what really happens is that we see them kind of using the silver crystal and it's nebulous, ill-defined magic to help them out. What Usagi says when uh, Luax asked them, how did you guys find your way out of the entirety of time and space? Usagi says, we have a strong ally called luck. Yes, we got lucky. <laughs> yeah, we just sort of wandered over here. Pure coincidence, the engine that drives this show. It actually does make sense if you know, I mean, spoilers for later, you find out that the Silver Crystal of the future got absorbed into Chibiusa. So Sailor Moon's crystal was reacting to, to the one in Chibiusa. You have to assume at least. Yeah, well, yes, I would agree with that, except that what you actually see in the episode is Sailor Moon wearing her crystal and her crystal glowing and them seeing a long ways off another glow going, oh, that must be the other glow. But when we see Chibi, we don't see Chibi glowing. The monster doesn't go, why are you glowing? Like it, it <laughs> somehow they show up seeing that glow without us seeing it. Also, I want to point out Another deke dub translation thing, which is when they go, when the, gl the glow thing happens, when it's, it's the real crystal glowing and, or her crystal glowing and the, another crystal glowing, um, like one of them says, like, like well, I wonder why that's happening. I wonder what it, what it could be. And Sailor Moon says, who cares as long as it leads, to, leads us to Rini, to which I think it's Sailor Venus replies, good thinking, Sailor Moon. And I went, no, that is the opposite of good thinking. I mean, yeah, it's going to work. But that's terrible thinking. <laughs> Not caring about why things are happening is very bad thinking. Dumb. Well, and what's funny is when they're like standing there separated and like, well, we have to think of something to do. And then right away, her gem starts glowing. It's like, no, we're not going to waste showing you guys trying to think of some some way out of this. We're just magic. Magic happens. <laughs> uh... and, and, and they never explain how then Tuxedo Mask finds them. <laughs> Nope. He just shows up. Look, he's got coincidence. No well, he's it's, got a. Was on his side as well. He's got a Sailor Moon is in danger sense. Oh, there you go. It was it was four fifty five when they had to put the finishing touches on this episode. <laughs> so uh, at that point, we get the most Star Trek: The Next Generation bullshit that I have ever seen, which is when Luax says, "I've reversed the polarity of the time stream." Yes. It's pretty fucking dumb. What happens is the... And what does it mean? What does it mean to reverse the polarity of the time stream? Oh, it just means she reflects their attacks back on them. It's fine. Right. It's, well, no, not, it's yeah. nothing. 
Because I was like, again, I was like, okay, so let's talk about this. (laughs) If she actually was reversing time backwards, then the burning mandala should fly out and then should fly back and be absorbed in reverse and she should uncreate them. But instead, they just fly, fly back at you and attack you. That's like, no, that's not a reversing of anything other than direction. It's it's it. <laughs> well, then Mercury figures out that, oh, hey, she can't do anything like right after she she reverses it or like attacks. So then she used to becomes the distractions like, well, if you knew that, then just one of you could have been the distraction. Well, Sailor Moon attack. No, they need all five of them. For, well, well, no, you're right. Instead of doing planet, but for some reason they've decided the only thing that will work will, would be the planet power. Yeah, which is like, why is she so powerful? You need to combine your powers. No idea, because it's a dumb show. <laughs> it's not a dumb show. It's a good show. It's a dumb episode. It's a real yes, bad episode. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. So yeah, they they beat the monster. Do we need to, do we need any more detail on this? They beat the monster. It's fine. <laughs> well, they do again. So no, we do need to know a little bit because it's really. Epically dumb. Okay. They're like, oh man, we got to use, we got to use planet power on her. So, but then how are we going to get her to use her power? And Rini goes, I'll do it. And so Rini, a five-year-old girl, runs at the bad guy, just charges at her. And the bad guy's like, all right, yeah, let's do this. Come at me. And then Rini jumps at her. With her laser powers? No. With her anything useful in any way? No. With her five-year-old body. That's all. She just throws her five-year-old body at her. And that apparently is enough to cause the villain to do her reverse time move that makes her vulnerable? What? <laughs> yeah, it's... it's I, I'm so tired. And then they do planet power, and then they yeah, kill Then they her. do planet power, that super awesome finishing move that they never do, and only, again, only sometimes remember that they have, and was never explained. <laughs> Everything I don't like about Sailor Moon is in this episode. Like, wh- wh- except when, except uh, heterosexuality. <laughs> when, well, it is a little bit. When they turn, a little bit. But when Greg they turn, doesn't show up, so. When Luex turns her reverse time power on Rini, she literally does it, at a time when Rini, again, Rini is just a fucking girl. She's not doing anything. She's not shooting laser beams at her. She's not f- making fire fly from her fingertips. She's a little girl lying on the ground. What is reverse time power going to do to her? I, d- I don't. I don't. <laughs> There's no answer. But uh, you know what? We don't need to. We don't have an answer because Tuxedo Mask swoops in and saves her from it and takes her out of the way of it. Of what? Was he gonna? Was she gonna de-age her five years? Is that what was gonna happen? I will send you back to fetus. <laughs> that's the best thing I can come up with. But that's ridiculous. This episode is not a good episode. With the monster taken out, they are finally able to walk through the door on the other side of the twenty-foot hallway that is the time stream, and enter into the devastated ruins of Crystal Tokyo. Do they say that it's horrible, or they just let me let me see? I know they all kind of like have an expression on their face, and they're looking. And then we see it, and it's got, like, giant craters in it and stuff. And I think all they say is, this is the future? Deekwin, I think, they sort of rightly decided, I don't know if that sells it. So they have Serena go, this is the future? Man, I'd rather go back to the past. Don't we have a math test we could be studying for? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, see, that would fix it. That would fix it. (laughs) 
if this episode had like a running commentary from Usagi, just be like complaining about everything, it would be fantastic, I think. Yep. Uh, but yeah, we're done. We made it. We're, we're through this episode. Let's talk about what we've learned. We learned so much. Uh, I cannot even begin to guess which recycled uh, Sailor Moon says we're going to get from this episode. Well, let's find out. Love charms, crystals, and horoscopes can be a lot of fun, but don't take them too seriously. You said it. I count on myself to set my own destiny, not some goofy charm. Right. You're the one who makes it happen. It's your life to do with what you want. Set your goals and go for them. Right. A charm or crystal isn't going to get your homework done. You are. Still, if this love potion can get Darian back, I'll drink a hundred of them. Serena, I don't believe you. Come on, give us a break. Mm, That's Serena. (laughs) So relevant. (sighs) Okay. All right. Okay, first of all, don't put the one about how horoscopes are bullshit on the episode when they actually go to the future. Pretty dumb. Second of all, uh, she's with Darian. They're back together. They're in the future. They're literally in the future together. A weird side thing, which that you couldn't tell because you guys couldn't see that running. You only heard it. Uh, I'm pretty sure they also used a different video clip than the one that originally ran under that. Like, they ran the video from a different Sailor Moon Says. Oh, oh. Even, even the Sailor Moon Says is a fucking mess. Yep. Okay, let's talk about what we learned. Uh, Vanessa, we will start with you. What did you learn from this episode? I learned that if someone comes to my door, I should just bash them on the head. It doesn't matter what they, uh, what they want or who they are. Ask questions later. That's a, a solid lesson to learn. Stand your ground in, in Neo Crystal Tokyo. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jordan, what did you learn? I learned that the hardest part about uh, getting to the future is walking against the wind. The wind blows strong from the future to the past for some reason. That's why, that's why we can only go forward one second at a time, because the wind is blowing us so hard. I learned that if you're trying to get... Th- through the time stream, uh, and you're having some trouble because there is someone who has devoted their entire immortal existence to protecting the door that leads you into the time stream. Just go around. <laughs> just, just go around. There's, you can just walk right in. Apparently, any goddamn way you want. Right. Oh, that makes sense. Oh. <laughs> so, do we even need to get into final thoughts on this episode? This, this one is a mess. This episode's stunk. I love Every... it simply because Pluto is in it but it's only briefly so i I don't think it's worth it for that reason i i honestly think everything i hate about sailor moon is in this episode and and again like i I shouldn't say hate because there aren't a lot of things i hate about sailor moon but just the the lack of anything cohering to a a what we have just found out you know like the rules of the universe are are mutable and when you're not adhering to any rules of the universe you're not adhering to any rules of tension and drama and and purpose like why is pluto there if you can just teleport into the time corridor like why why anything why anything why does chibiusa suddenly know how to use the time key why is why did they fight a monster why did why why (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a bad, bad episode. This, this is really up there. Again, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is worse than the dream episode or not. Or I think episode. this might be the worst episode we've ever watched. 
I honestly do. Which is definitely a bummer because, again, it's an, this one's an important one. But it, but it's not, though. Like, would you... I mean, you'd lose the Sailor Pluto stuff, but would you lose anything if, instead of watching this episode and last week's episode, you watched the last, you know, three minutes of last week's episode where, where Chibiusa was like, hey... You know, the the dark, the Black Moon Clan's getting out of control. We've got to go back to the future and stop them there. And then saw the last three minutes of this episode where the door to the future opened. And they were like, wow, the future is devastated. Like, would you lose anything in between those? Like, maybe maybe throw in the two minutes of Sailor Pluto in the middle. And you'd have, like, a nice five-minute transition instead of these, instead of 40 minutes of nonsense. Dumb. <laughs> Vanessa, any, uh, we've we've talked a lot. Do you have any any thoughts beyond just Sailor Pluto's appearance? No, other than that, it really is pointless. They they waste so much time on it, and, and you're right on something that could have been summed up in three minutes. Just have that at yeah. the, the beginning, like summary, instead of the like what's going to happen in the episode. Just say what already happened <laughs> while we were gone. Yeah, real missing. <laughs> <laughs> but but also like and again it's frustrating because there is a lot of potential here like there could have been a a much stronger introduction of Sailor Pluto like would this episode not have been better and again I know I'm armchair quarterbacking this but what if what if this episode had been the scouts versus someone that they didn't know who it was like it's predator in the time stream and then it turns out that they've been fighting Sailor Pluto and that, you know, neither neither side knew who the other was. But so, that's why, like, you know, Moon Halation doesn't work on a Sailor Scout or something like anything that. So take the like five second bit at the beginning with the misunderstanding and make it the whole episode. Yeah, I, I, I think that has more legs than just Esmeralda showing up in the in the time stream and being like, hey, genie of the time warp, let's let's do a monster thing. Yeah, because you, you could end it with them just going through the door and there's the future. They don't have to go down a corridor or anything. It's a struggle to just get to the door and through it rather than, oh, we got through the door. Really, no problem. Now we're going to fight wind to get through it. It's like right. if she's guarding the door, it shouldn't be a struggle once you get past the door. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that would have I think that would have cleaned up a lot of what's frustrating about this. Um, but yeah, not. Not the best, and uh, I'm I'm sorry we're tired, and I'm sorry we're so negative, but uh, things things are gonna pick up soon. At least I think they are. I remember the end of R being really fun once they got to the future, once they got to to Ghost Dad Tuxedo Mask, and of course when Wicked Lady shows up. So we've got some we've got some good stuff coming up, I think. Let's hope. Uh, well, Vanessa, thank you for joining us for the show. Uh, I'm I'm sorry we assigned you these two episodes. <laughs> It's all right. I still loved being on, even if, yeah, I was pulling teeth to, to try to find some good moments. Well, please, please come back. Uh, we'll, we'll find some I good Sailor Pluto stuff in the future for you. Oh, there's plenty in the next couple. Well, next season and the last season. All right. Well, definitely, definitely come back. You've been super fun to talk to. Uh, before we let you go, can you let everyone know where to find you and your podcast online? Yes, you can find uh, Script to Script on iTunes under Anime Pulse. Or you can go to anime pulse, well, anime-pulse.com, where the episodes are also listed. 
And you can follow me on Twitter at AP underscore Vanessa underscore. And I'm already friends with Sailor Business, so you can find me through there. You can find me on Twitter at Crackshot with a zero for an O. Uh, You can find our producer, Jake Mason, at JJ underscore Mason. How about you, Chris? And uh, a special shout out to Jake, who's going to have his hands full with this episode, uh, chopping it up. So, Jake, thank you for everything you do. I don't think we say that enough, but uh, thanks for all the production work that you do. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at the ISB, and you can find me on Tumblr at the ISB as well. That's T-H-E-I-S-B. You can find the show on Twitter at Sailor Business. Please give us a follow and uh, talk to us. Uh, Jordan runs the Twitter account, and he is more than up for talking to everybody who who wants to send us some cool stuff or tweet at the show. Uh, Any emails that you have with longer questions, clarifications on stuff we might have missed, or uh, any cool Sailor Moon tidbits... Uh, please send them into sailorbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. And hey, here's something we haven't said in a while. Uh, if you like the show and you want to help us out, uh, why not head over to iTunes and give us a, uh, a rating and a review? Yeah. Uh, if you have a few minutes, that'll help other people find the show and get us more Sailor Moon fans to talk to about why it is that we love the show so much in general and hate so many individual episodes. <laughs> also, don't forget the uh, the Sailor Business T-shirt club is ongoing at sailorbusiness.ttoki.com uh, with a new shirt every month, limited edition and printed to order just for our fans for 15 bucks plus shipping, which is a pretty cool price uh, to get a cool Sailor Business shirt with awesome art by Christina Murdahl. Uh, shout out to her as well. And we need to get her back on the show soon. And uh, I think that's it. Read X-Men 92. That would be cool of you. Uh, Happy birthday to Serena, who wrote in, and to Serena, who is Sailor Moon. Uh, We will be back in a couple days with a quick episode celebrating uh, Sailor Moon's birthday. And then a week after that, we'll be back for episode 83, The Shocking Future, Demand's Dark Ambition. Until then, keep your mind on Sailor Business. Hey, anyone for going back home? I think I'd rather study for that math final.